0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in, so if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals, To team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Hey, everybody, uh, and welcome to a holiday version, a New Year's version of Bill Roden on Sports. Um, man, I so feel so blessed to uh, to be here uh, with everybody. Um, I'm here at an undisclosed location still, <laughs> uh, upstate New York, uh, here with my uh, co-host and friend, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, how you doing, man? Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you too, Bill uh you know it's gonna be a nice nice little in in-house party i guess with with only the family uh coronavirus style so you know happy new year everybody
1: yeah and here of course with uh our occasional third
2: co-host third guard uh the great uh steve wilson hey bill man th- good good to see everybody and uh happy new year to everyone and uh 2021 has just gots to be better <laughs> 2020. To be. To be.
1: <laughs> and of course, here with the judge, our friend, the judge, looking forward to when he officially retires, he could join us. We'll have like a quartet. We just call him the judge.
3: <laughs>
1: Welcome to the show
3: hey, again. Good. Once again. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here with you guys. I feel like I'm really um doing something in tall cotton here uh, with, uh, Uh, a a great art uh, performing artist uh, like Steve Uh, I've heard his work before and not only that I've heard him uh, as a co-host on the show and uh, he's as uh, if he's as good a musician as he is uh, knowledgeable about sports uh, he's a hell of a musician that's all I can say and uh, I uh, uh, enjoyed. Uh, I was saying to Jamal I, in, in the last couple of weeks with time off from work, I was able to listen to a couple of the versions of Up Next and uh, 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 some great uh, 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 listening uh, regarding uh, Leonard Hamilton yes. and Ian Bagley. Thank, thank you for the plug. I uh, uh, really enjoyed <laughs> yeah. those immensely. And I got to say something about my boy, uh, 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 Bill Roden. Uh, uh. I am reading yesterday. John, the great John Thompson's book, posthumously, reading it and enjoying it yesterday, and uh, Big John writes uh, in his book uh, that uh, he knew he arrived as a national sports figure when Bill Roden, Mike Wilbon, and Ralph Wiley started showing (laughs) up at his games. That's when he knew. That's when he knew that he had arrived. He said something very important, though. I should have actually read it straight from the book. But he said that he realizes that his appearance in the uh, sports world and college uh, basketball helped uh, Bill, helped Mike, helped Ralph Wiley. But he said most important, he knows those three guys would have – uh, uh, been great successes without him, but he felt that they mm. were good for each other. And uh, <laughs> but but I had to laugh when I read that he uh, Big John saying, "I knew I arrived when Bill Roden and Mike Wilbon <laughs> well, showed well, up." With it, and
1: and thanks for that plug. But the reality is that John Thompson really really helped make my career. I mean, he really did. I mean, he's being very modest because because of him. Because of John Thompson, you know, the white sports editors were afraid of him. You know, they were afraid of the whole Georgetown thing. And so if you had a black person on your staff, they said, man, you go. (laughs) And decode this guy because, you know. And so really, that is really why me and Mike, Ralph Wiley, the late Brian Burwell, you know, he really helped make make our career. Because I remember there was one press conference where uh, I came in. I wasn't late, but I was standing off to the side. And John had just want to remember you know all you guys remember during that time with Ewing and Reggie uh, Williams and Wingate and I mean they had maybe one of the best teams for four years in the country, right and John they are all black, right. and they were just like, man, and so and everybody was afraid of John, Big John, and I was standing on the side during post game and he said something, and I may have asked a question then he said. Yeah, and Roden over there, and so on, so on, so on. He chuckled, and I had the the presence of mind to instead of being scared, to kind of respond to a Joke, I joked back with him. I said, "Well, you know, maybe that's what you say, you know." And everybody was just like, "Like, damn, that was like, that would be like, like, like in the, in the you say there's a there's a brother in the deep south, two brothers fighting each other in the deep south, in like Mississippi, and then this white girl steps into the ring." to save the brother, and the brother turns around, slaps her. <laughs> and the opponent just immediately runs away. He said, wait a minute, this brother is that bad to slap this white chick, and then get away with it. And that's how it felt when, when I teased John back. And what that did for me, what that did for me, it raised my stature. Because mm. it says, oh, oh, Roden kind of has some kind. And, and it's what Bobby Knight and Cheshire did to the white boys all the time.
0: Mm. Mm. Right.
1: They had the knowledge like Woge, and that, you know, mm-hmm. and it lets everybody know that, oh yeah, this guy is in uh Knight's inner yeah, circle
0: he, or something. Yeah, he's cool. This this one's cool over here.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. so so for Thompson to do that with me and the Wilbon, he he would call out, you know, he'd say and Wilbon over there and something like that. And so in his book, it it, it really I guess the, the flip was that I knew I had arrived. Mm. as a as a as a national when he acknowledged me mm. like that was when, when somebody at that stature acknowledged me so I man I will be forever grateful uh to Big John um on so many levels man we said we shared the same birthday the mm. same September 2nd birthday and I would always um like call or leave a note and uh just another quick story so one day, but, you know, remember, remember he had, uh, who's Michael Graham? Remember he had Michael Graham mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the team as a freshman mm-hmm. who, Michael who really Graham. helped him win that first, that national championship. Right. So the next yeah. year there was something happened and Michael was, I, anyway, he found himself on Georgetown campus trying to go to summer school. Right. And I wanted to find him, you know, I wanted to talk to him. And, you know, Georgetown ran that thing like organized crime. I and mean, you couldn't, they won't give you permission. So of course, me being the journalist, I found out where Michael was. I found the dorm and the room. <laughs> mm. And went there and he wasn't there, so I slid a note under his uh door saying, hey, call me when you get a chance. Well, of course, he went right to Coach Thompson. <laughs> so Coach? I called Coach Thompson to wish him happy birthday, he said, yeah, motherfucker, you know. I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I expect more from you than to, you know, try to get my guy. But we had an interesting discussion, because my point was like, you know, I don't have to ask you permission to do my job. Mm-hmm. And there was this kind of silence. Right. And I think
0: there what was silence,
1: you, say, you know. Because, <laughs> again, but, you know, because it was like, and, and that was the beauty of our relationship. Me, him, Leonard Hamilton, all those guys, because, you know, our ritual, every Final Four, me, Nolan Richardson, John Chaney, Wilbon, Burwell, Ralph, we would all meet in a cafe at the Final Four. And we would talk till maybe two or three in the morning wow. about just issues, but it's all off the record. And eventually every year after that, it got bigger and bigger and bigger until that became one of the, one of the most looked forward to things of the Final Four. And people would call me, man, where are we going to meet? And the interesting thing is that we never knew until we got to the Final Four. It was like the Underground Railroad, you know. And I see, he says, where are we going to meet? We have, like, sheep. Meet so-and-so and so-and-so, you know. And, and honestly, honestly, that's when I first realized Whitlock was who Whitlock was, which was not necessarily being fucked up, uh, but that Whitlock would, you know, we'd all collect some money because we wanted to have, like, some chicken wings or something like at the thing. And Whitlock would always give, like, a donation, but he would never come. He would never come. <laughs> Mm. He would always give money but never come because he wasn't a group guy and all that kind of stuff. So mm. there's an extent to which Whitlock has been very consistent, whether you think he's fucked up or not, which <laughs> a lot of black people do, you know, but he's been consistent like that. So, yeah, just to end this part of the conversation, I'm glad you read that part because John, man, played such a important role in my career. And even that moment when I told him that, you know, I don't have to ask your permission to do my job. I probably didn't say it like that. <laughs> but, it, but it was letting them know that, you know, I understand the boundaries that that we can get on the phone, we could conspire to get more black coaches in, we can meet, but I know that I know that you know that I know that that you know it's like being at the zoo where you go to the zoo and you have all these great animals there, the black panther, the tigers. But there's reason damn bars are there, you know? Mm. And you Mm. go beyond behind those bars at your peril, you know? And so that has always been my approach to this stuff, is that there's mutual respect, particularly when it comes to black people, but I'm still a journalist. And so even to this day, man, I'll talk to Leonard Hamilton to this day. And I talk Mm. to somebody else, and they'll talk to Roden, I don't ever wanna hear this shit now. (laughs) Because they instinctively know that (laughs) writers we're addicted to the story, mm-hmm. and we'll sell out everybody we know for, <laughs> for the story. And somebody has to remind them that listen, no, I no, that's off the no. And you like, oh, man, no, <laughs> you know? and you know that if you betray a trust, it's over. So uh, no, man. But thanks for, for bringing that up because John was really critically important to all of our careers.
0: Mm-hmm. And another another major I- loss in uh, 2020 for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys, uh, 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 Jamal, you sent a really nice note. So I'm curious, you know, as we go to this panel, um, 2020, when we speak generally, it's awful, but each, each of you, I'm just curious, what were your major, major events of uh, 2021? You got, I mean, 2020, you got Kobe, Coronas, POTUS 45, Kamala, George Floyd, uh, the boycott, Black Lives Matter, mm. the bubble. Black coaches, Mahomes, yeah, the black quarterback, Naomi Osaka, LeBron James. I mean, so what? What do you guys think? Uh, what was sort of your your big you know moment? Let's
0: we'll start with you, Steve. Since uh, since you leaving us early,
2: yeah, and actually, I, I've been given permission to extend my stay. Okay,
0: so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's even that's even better. Then I, right.
2: I pulled some strings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, wow. Well, man where do you begin i you know i'll be 60 years old in in uh february and uh i can say i've never seen a year experienced a year like this um i mean just on everything that, that you just mentioned everything that's, that's happened uh you know in in the united states and in the course of the world with uh covet and culturally and 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 i recently lost my mother so that
1: that too, is so sorry uh, to do that.
2: Uh, thank you. Our condolences. Yeah, thank My you very much. Uh, but certainly, just all in all, I, uh, even with that aside, I've never have seen all of these just major shifts and and uh, major events. Just you know, it's it's mind-boggling. It's just to wrap your head around everything. But I think this is. You know, to be somewhat mystic about it, I guess, or spiritual about it, is I think this is the universe saying, OK, well, it's time for a transition, you know, uh, because certainly every period, uh, you know, somewhere on the planet, we go through some kind of major cultural shift and cultural change or big impact. And, you know, when you think about it, America has not seen war on our shores since the Civil War. You know so uh you know we've gone through world war one world war two but you know we're, we're seeing i think a reckoning we're seeing we're, we're all experiencing a reckoning of, of some sort and and we're due for it we were due for it you know it, it's sad that it had to come by way of, of COVID because of so many lives being lost but uh my hope is that these lives won't be lost in vain that we'll we'll get through this we'll learn from it um uh, somewhere down the line um we'll grow from it and be kinder to each other uh, so I know that's going to be a challenge with all of the right, the craziness and the climate that's going on but uh but I think we we were overdue for it you know and uh hopefully it'll give us a chance to reflect and decide what and who we want to be going
3: forward I think that um what hits me is whether it was uh uh John Lewis or John Thompson or Casey Jones, or uh, sadly Steve's mom, or my first cousin, or uh, Joe Morgan, who died—people who died uh, during the pandemic did not get a proper burial. I think that's what—that's what really uh, uh, I have to take uh, uh, from it: that uh, uh, that their loved ones uh, uh, didn't get to send them off in a proper manner and um, uh, that's my sadness. When when I think of anyone who has died since late February of of this year, they didn't get the proper, respectful, conventional funeral. We lost so many uh, people uh, and it doesn't have to be Casey Jones or John Thompson. People who weren't known, who were not public figures, whose families have had to grieve um, uh, uh, within themselves and within a very small unit. And that's what uh, 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 I take uh, uh, in these last uh, uh, 10 months That uh, that is uh, uh, a real downer to
0: me.
1: What about you, Jamal?
0: I mean, uh, kind of along those same lines, It to me was just a sad, it was a sad year. 20, 2020 was a sad year. Um, obviously with coronavirus, uh, people passing, um, but then also, you know, Black people in general, you know, we all, we knew what the situation was. We knew how we were treated. We knew things never, you know, ne- weren't really getting better, but things hit the fan this year in such a way to make you really, really look look around and say, you know, just be disappointed. In, in America again, you know, um, and profoundly and, and, you know, stuff like just the fact that Donald Trump was in office was an affront to black people. Um, you some,
1: know, some, some black people.
0: Well, well, most, yeah, most the black, most. black people I know, most. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but right. the, you know, starting with that really. And then, right. you know, all the people murdered by police, uh, you know, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, you know, Arbery, and there's so many more. Even even the fact that we were seemed to be awakened by it, with you know, including sports figures, uh, you know, taking a stand and and speaking out, but just the fact that 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 had to happen, and and even being unsure of what what difference is going to make, you know, I just I just feel like it was an overall sad year that will take you know more than a year to get over. So you know, a lot of people will say you know at least it's twenty twenty one. I don't know what that means, you know?
1: Right, right. Well, I think, I mean, the big for me is so much, man, I was just kind of looking at your list, Jamal, and trying to chronicle it. Remember, you know, if we look back to uh, the Super Bowl, look for 2020, okay? Uh, Kobe Bryant tragically dies uh, in, I guess, it's like maybe the very end of January, first part of February. And we're like, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable. Then you go to the Super Bowl. You know, that whole year, you had the year of the black quarterback. You had people like Mahomes and Deshaun Jackson and, you know, all these guys just doing so well. Then you had Mahomes, you know, winning the Super Bowl. So kind of everything was kind of like at an up. You know, I was at the Super Bowl, like uh, February 1st. So, you know, we didn't even hear of a Corona. If we did, it was kind of something that happened over there. You know, we as in the United States, if it's not happening in our backyard, then it ain't really happening. You know, and then before we knew it, man, uh, we everybody's anticipating March Madness, right? We all get ready to March Madness. Then, next thing we know, I'm in Kansas City at the tournament, and the commissioner says, wow, the NBA has just shut down the season. I'm, I'm like, what? Unheard of, you, can't, you gotta be joking. And that was it, man, that was on. Uh, and then you had, in the midst of all that, George Floyd you know, Brianna Taylor, Amart Arbery. I mean, I mean, it was just at, it's worse and worse and worse. You know, no sports, uh, no music, uh, I mean, no nothing. And You know, the judge, I mean, you know, you were right. You couldn't get any, there was no, really, there was no law being done, right, because the courts were closed, right? You know? Right. Just right. like you were saying, man, it was just so unprecedented, and to be honest with you, We didn't really admit, you guys could talk, we didn't really begin to see, and this clown in the White House, not beyond being a clown, was tapping into some of the darkest elements, darkest racist elements of our society. Let me ask you guys something before I go on. Everybody says that this was the most, this was the most divisive year in our country. But I I thought, I don't know what you guys think, I think we've always been divided in this country. I don't think it just started. See, like we've always been divided, but for some reason, this all maybe begin with Obama and this clown in the White House, basically just ripped off the scab.
0: Right. It, Is I think that what You guys.
1: I mean, it, it was. We were never like. Yeah, it, it
0: was. All, it was always there, but I think it was. But but this year became, it it reached the surface to where people weren't. You know, no, they were not. People not trying to hide it. Like right. you said, yeah, you, you basically had not even basically you had a white like a pro white supremacist. Right. in in the white house you had you had people working for him that are white supremacists you know writing his speeches right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> so it was just on it was just on the surface now where where it never was before or we knew it was there and we and we knew po- politicians were known you know were smart enough you know for their own careers they were smart enough to to you know keep it as a dog whistle but it's no it was okay. this year was no longer a dog whistle It was just it was just you know shouting
3: well I think it was I think to, to piggyback on what uh, my man Jamal is saying I think it was clear blatant purposeful willful yeah. exploitation that's what it was uh, there was no hiding there was no um, reading between the lines I think, sadly, there were, um, uh, uh, this administration was trying to exploit the issue. And, um, and I think for those of us who are public servants, it makes our jobs more difficult. Even, if, even for those who normally would uh, support his beliefs, you cannot function when people do not have confidence mm-hmm. in their government. And we saw this for those people who were Republicans, who were um, um, uh, running the elections in the various states, who were trying to run a fair election uh, um, uh, in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, uh, that uh, even they, who were on the same political page as the administration, um, uh, couldn't effectively uh, carry out their duties. because of the willful exploitation of 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 the issue of race that was being um, carried out by uh, this administration and its allies, but I want to say something that 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 I will take to my grave, and that is that Joe Biden would not be president had it not been for a black man, had it not been for right. Congressman mm-hmm. Jim Clyburn, he would not right. be president right. today. I think we can take that to our graves, that uh, that uh, the turnaround was started by uh, uh, the Democrats in South Carolina, led by Congressman Clyburn, that uh, had they not uh, carried the day for him, uh, for Joe Biden in that primary, uh, that today um, uh, Donald Trump would be president. And that is a highlight of the year uh, for me. That um, uh, um, probably the most um, critical election in our lifetimes uh, uh, was uh, changed and uh, won uh, because of the efforts of African Americans. About that, and it's
1: interesting that uh, during his um, post-election speech, Biden famously said, acknowledge black folks. And said, "and I got your back. Now, I have never heard that. I mean, mean, seriously, I mean, as long as I've been aware of presidents, I guess maybe beginning with Eisenhower. I've never heard any president say, thank you, black people. It's like, it's like amazing. I just don't know now how that translates into thinking it. But I'm I'm with you, too, that, um, and I want to ask you, Steve, what about your most significant sports moment. But to me, the optimism began with the election. Because I remember I was teasing you guys, whenever we talked, because I was on my way to the border before the election, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, because I did not have faith in my fellow United States citizens, particularly my white brothers and mm-hmm. sisters, to go in that booth
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and and say, you know what, you know, and say, I know I've got privilege. I know you know whiteness matters and all that, but <laughs> I know this guy is for white people. But I can't do it and pull the lever for Biden. Right. I thought that a lot of were gonna say, you know what, what's wrong with privilege? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want my kid to get to get into the best school. I want my kids to get. You know, I'm not for all this stuff, and thought they pulled the the other lever. So, right. uh, but I was happily surprised when what 80 million you know 80 million you know said no nah, we, we we ain't down with this
0: so those were fraudulent votes though bill <laughs>
1: yeah it's, not 80 million. it's like you know it's like it's like in our world in our world of sports and play how often have we watched the game like remember when the san diego chargers uh used to be scoring 50 45 points but the problem was the people they played against was scoring 60.
0: right you know
1: right. And you can, <laughs> scored forty five <laughs> points we was no because the the damn New England Patriots score seventy five. <laughs> you gotta work on your defense. Yeah. You know? That's
3: right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah
1: see, right. what was what was um what was when you just look at the sports calendar, what was the most significant event for you uh from February to now on the sports calendar?
2: Wow man, that's that's a tough one. I well I I'd have to say Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. Um and basically because i mean he he is arguably the most talented quarterback that we have seen i mean just just to think about it what is he twenty four years old yeah. twenty four years old right now i mean so in 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 the music world in the arts world he would be he would be called a prodigy hmm. uh and we don't that's a generational kind of talent um so and we don't see that coming along that often. And, and of course, now, and and then I think also to put it in context, the passing of the torch from Brady mm. to Mahomes uh, uh, and this generation of quarterbacks. I mean, mm. and of course, we've talked about Jackson and, and you know, Deshaun and, and so, uh, some of the others, Watson and Jackson and some of the others that are coming along. But Mahomes, man, talent-wise, and not just talent-wise, but I mean, in terms of having a, a, a football IQ, an aptitude, um, I mean, some might compare him already to, you know, the Michael Jordan of football. I mean, I think it's too soon to maybe put that label on him, but he certainly has that potential. I And I, I mean, I think of. Man, I've loved football ever since I was a kid, you know, and and watch all of these great uh, players and quarterbacks evolve, and certainly the evolution of the black quarterback. And I think, from a black quarterback perspective, he fulfills all of the promise that we've thought about since you know Marlon Briscoe, yeah. who was denied the opportunity and of course those who came after briscoe james harris and doug williams and all but he fulfills all of that promise and he's taken the game to another level his athleticism his intellect and just his intuition man it's unca- we've never seen anything like this right. i mean he's not supposed to make some of those plays that he's making no one is right so i think seeing that in real time um you know, I now I can imagine what it must have been like to see Charlie Parker see, or John <laughs> yeah, Coltrane. Right, right. Because you know, right, I right. miss them. You know, I, I, they were before my time. And, of course, I get the greatness from the recordings. But, you know, it's it's very, when you see that kind of greatness in real time, man, you know, and you think about all of the other quarterbacks, the all of, all of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you know, Brady, Dan Marino, Starback, all of them, everybody, all of the great ones. And, uh, but I can't think of of any QB in history that has encompassed the kind of talent we're seeing from him. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, Brady passing the torch to Mahomes,
1: but I'm thinking, well, Brady may come back and snatch it back because <laughs> <laughs> this cat, man, you know, down there, Tampa. And I, I mean, I was just thinking as a journalist, what a great story would be somehow this cat, you know, leaves Tampa. Uh, back to the NFC title game, they play Green Bay or Russell Wilson, Seattle, and somehow wins. And then Kansas City, you know, somehow, you know, well, not somehow, gets AFC title game. And uh, you know, um, I, I guess, I guess, though, relative to what you were saying, I would love to see Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, maybe face Mahomes, because I think that might be a very serious passion of the torsion. Absolutely. And Wilson to me is a guy I mean, you know we always say people getting their due i mean what does that mean you know mm-hmm. but um you know i don't know if Charlie Parker got his due while he was living you know mm-hmm. uh i think i think his his musicians knew that he was otherworldly other but you mm-hmm. remember he was a black man in a racist white society who didn't mm-hmm. give black people man, credit for possibly being innovators who changed the course of music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know what getting to do, but I, I I don't think that Russell Wilson has, pro, you know, has, has really gotten his due as being maybe like one of the most consistent, great So I thought, I think, it was, I don't know what you guys think. It would be great for me to see Seattle facing Kansas City in the Super
2: Bowl. And I love that. I would love to see that.
3: I was always concerned about the Seattle team when they blew that um, yeah. goal line stand yeah. against uh, the Patriots. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I always thought hospital. there was something behind the story <laughs> yeah. that they yeah. didn't hand it off. They had a timeout. Yep. Uh, and um, <clears throat> and they had uh, beast mode. A, uh, The beast mode. Yeah. All they had to do was give him the ball. Even if they handed it to him the first time it got stopped, they still had a timeout to regroup and run at least one more play. And for some reason, they went away from the beast mode and did an unbelievable thing of passing into the center of the line on the one- or two-yard line. And I've never been able to really uh, 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 – uh, feel great about Seattle after that. Although Russell Wilson, uh, has always carried himself so well, comes from a very outstanding, uh, uh, Southern black family. And, um, I'm always happy for him, but I always felt that that Seattle team for some reason, which I will never know. You might know Bill or Jamal might know being you guys are in the media, but, uh, um, they, 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 never carried out and won uh, that game that they should have easily won. Right. Well, that
1: that, that that kind of game. I remember I was driving. I was at the Super Bowl that I left early, and I was driving. You know, I'm driving up the highway from Arizona, heading headed to California, and I'm listening to the game, and I'm so excited because I cause remember uh, Wilson made that miraculous throw, that miraculous throw that got him down to the. Right. One yard line, and I'm thinking, here we go. Because to me, they just won the Super Bowl. He wins another. He wins another one. Now he's automatically in elite territory. He's in elite territory. So I'm thinking, this is it. And when they and they had beast mode, like you said. And when they threw that, I damn near drove off the side of the road. I, and I did pull over. And I was like, I just for about three minutes. I said, what, <laughs> what, right. what? And you know, Beast Mode hinted. See, that's the stuff for me that gives you, you know, gives you. you know, I'm thinking organized crime. I'm thinking <laughs> fixes. I'm thinking, you know, even Beast Mode. Even no, I, I go, I go right to the dark side. Cause, you know, really, I go right to the dark side. So this shit was fixed,
3: man. You know. And because I'm thinking, but who did? I'm thinking professional jealousy and Bill's thinking <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, like, organized crime. Yeah,
1: I go, I because I'm always thinking, man, there's too much money in this shit for, for <laughs> shit not to. Because remember the boy uh, Donahue, the, the, the yeah, uh, yeah, NBA yeah. official, NBA.
2: Mm-hmm. right?
1: Who was saying that, and they like shut him down real quick, right, you know, right? And said, oh, he was a lone wolf. There's no such thing as mm-hmm. lone wolves, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, and then Beast Mode said. Uh, Bismo said he thought it was more like it's using professional jealousy. Like they didn't want him to be the MVP. remember, <laughs> right. he was like really anti-establishment. Right. And they said, "No, nah, we ain't gonna let this cat be the MVP of the league." So from on high it was the owner of somebody. They said, "No, nah, we can live with Russell Wilson being the MVP." But I would I, you, man. I was, I was like. But I looked at it. I said, "I would love to have him go back to go right. back." And and because if if we feel that way, you know he's been having nightmares. Right.
0: Right. And that's, and you yeah you hit it on the head in terms of in terms of that's what he's missing. That's why he yeah he doesn't get his due because of that. Really, you know, if he would have got that second ring, that that changes everything. You can't even deny him. Right. Um. And he and you know he's a, he is a he's a great player. He's put up great numbers, but he you know, there is a little something missing right. sometimes, and it could be you know he just hasn't had the team. But even this year and in past years. You know, he'll go on a nice four or five week run and look like the best in the league and then come back down to earth for about four or five weeks. And then, you know, maybe make a run in the playoffs or not, you know, where and, it's you know, so to Steve's point about Mahomes and, you know, I'm I'm the you know, I'm reluctant to, you know, to put him on the pedestal that that, you know, he's the he's already the best ever. You know, I I am. But but to be honest, when I look when you watch him play, you never really have seen a young guy like like like, you know, like that perform at this level to the point where, you know, he's going to get it done. Like if he, he, you know, it doesn't you know, the the team may be favored to win by 14 a lot of weeks. They win by three and it's always him, you know, bringing him down the field, you know. On that last drive to either get the field goal or the touchdown to squeak out the victory, and it could be in the regular season, it could be in the playoffs. Like, like it's a, it would be. Sh- I haven't even seen it yet, but it would be shocking to see him not get it done. You know, at this young age, and to to me, it's almost he almost has like some Montana in him. Right. You know, you know, mm-hmm. like but an athletic version of mm-hmm. of, of Joe Montana. So, mm-hmm. no, I, it's hard. Sharp. It's hard to it's hard to uh, to to uh, you know go against Mahomes.
1: Yeah.
3: Let me ask you He's a got guy. a long way to go. Yeah. He I'm does. Right.
0: But yeah. I think it's, it's own, but only injury up. only injury I think can stop him.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, when you look at
1: the playoffs, I mean, I, I don't know, again, how you guys feel. I feel so, you know, as much as I used to rail against fans, and fans are looking for escape, you know, pre-pandemic. You know, that's what's wrong with fans. They're looking for escape, and they don't want to see protests in the field. But because it's pandemic, man, I found myself looking for escape. <laughs> you know? Like, like if, they have, if they have football every day of the week, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm watching. You know, I watched every single baseball playoff game. You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, uh, you know and, and to some extent I said, well, maybe I'm getting a new appreciation. Although it was escape, I'm getting a new appreciation for being a fan, because like, I had really been a fan since I was 16. You know, I really became this sort of, you know, quote-unquote journalist. And I'm in the press box up high, looking down, and you know, not really looking at fans with some degree of disdain. You know, how can y'all really be taking this shit seriously? I mean, you know, kind of thing. But now I'm like, yeah, I kind of get it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, uh, so so I made. Uh, an adjustment, even though I think it's, I think the morality. I mean, of playing football in the midst of a pandemic, is just horrendous. I mean, I mean, it's just awful, really. You know, you just be saying, "Hey, man, we don't care. We're going. We're gonna go to the
2: finish line with whoever's left." Now, I, I wanted to ask ask all of you. I mean, what what's your thought about, uh, you know, across all the professional sports since COVID has come in? And they've gone on with the seasons as however they might, you know. And we're looking at the championships, whether it's you know, uh, we have the NCAA football championship coming up, of course, and uh, you know, then the the World Series and all. I mean, so what what do you think about the championships in the context
3: of of the of COVID? Hmm. Um. Uh, I as I said to. Uh, Bill and, and Jamal the last time I was on. I don't think they should be playing sports during the COVID. I really don't. But as soon as I turn on, as soon as we finish here, <laughs> I'm gonna be turning on the TV to catch the NBA games tonight. Right. And during the summer, when I was only working part-time, when we were only allowed in the courthouse uh, for an hour or two a week for a hearing or two, I was rushing home in the middle of the day to watch the NBA from the bubble. Mm. Um, and on Saturday afternoons, there is no way that they should be playing college football. There is just right. no way. But I've been watching Ohio state and Justin Fields yeah. every week and uh, every week that they play anyway. Right. And, <laughs> right. and, uh, and, and, uh, uh, and I've been uh, you know, watching all the various games. I saw they had a big brawl today. Uh, Mississippi State and Tulsa had a terrible fight on the field. Um, they're just uh, – I my point is it's a great paradox for me that there is no way that these sports should be playing, especially when the colleges can't even have the kids on campus, right. but, the, but the players are playing. Um uh, they are essential workers then who should be compensated as such. Right. But uh, um, uh, I guess that's my response to you, Steve, is that I do not feel that any of these sports should be playing. I think we're fortunate that no uh, young uh, man or woman has perished uh, at, so far that we know of uh, by contracting the coronavirus while playing sports. Uh, but having said that, I'm watching them every day. Right. That's my form of entertainment.
0: I, yeah, I feel the exact same way. I've expressed the same sentiment. One of the big things that that this year t- showed me was how important sports are to this country. I mean, yeah. it, is there, I'm not sure if there's anything more important. I'm not, like what else would still go on where you're putting people at risk, you know, just from yeah. being together. Like, Like what else makes that much money you know tv shows they shut down like they stopped they stopped taping Uh new new tv shows and movies Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff but sports went on um obviously it's about the money uh the in the professional leagues i can accept it a little more because the players want to play also because they need to make that money so they're 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 making they're, they're they're making you know, risk reward type of decision. You know, you know they know. Yeah. You know they know they're not going to make that kind of money any other way. But, so, so they're willing to play. It's just it's the college stuff,
3: right. which
0: I still watch also. You know, so, <laughs> right. you, know right. um, I, you know. I don't the,
1: watch that. I can't watch. I can't. Well, I up to this point now. I may I may peak at Alabama, but I I I just feel like like you were saying Jamal at the college at the pro level they're getting paid, so they can make a decision, but. All of them know. All of them are being held hostage. LeBron, mm-hmm. all of them being held hostage because it's not like us. You know, I could I could work from home, you know, you know, you know. I ain't got to go into this stuff. But if you're an athlete, but de- and that's how you're making your money, right? That's how you're making your money. And a lot of the stuff you're buying and purchases, your homes and all that stuff, is based on you getting that check. Right. You're basically held hostage to this right. stuff, so they, you got to go into that virus. They, you, you gotta, they, you,
0: and I said, I said this at the at the very beginning of the, of the pandemic. A couple of things: one, that they these are they were going to be considered essential employees. Yeah, all of these athletes mm-hmm. essential to the rest of us, you know, um, and to and to the people that make money off of them. They are essential employees. And then the other thing was the college situation, which I was saying a while back, and, and people were laughing when I when I asked, you know, would would there be a situation where colleges would bring kids back? Just as a front to allow right. them to play college sports, and that and that's basically what has happened. And now they don't if they forget the front. It's like like you know twenty twenty. Everything has come to the come to the surface. Right. Okay, right. we ca- right. we can't hide it anymore. Right. We can't hide it anymore. We we have no kids on campus, but we're still gonna have the only kids on campus are the athletes, and they're gonna play, and we're gonna right. make money off them. Now, how we the kids have to get paid, uh, ne- like soon, right? Is is this going to happen? No. Let me ask you this: Will will college athletes be paid um, in the next eighteen months?
1: No, I still don't think so. I still don't no. think so. I, I mean, I mean, and, and I still believe in a way, man. I don't know what you guys feel. I, I don't think they should. I, I don't think. I think particularly as a the black community, man, we don't. We need. To, we need to value education more. Now, what I think they could ease, not easily do is for those schools that are making money, the school that we're going to be watching tomorrow. You know, those Power 5 schools, I think that they could organize a trust so that if you're at Alabama, Clemson, those kinds of schools, and you guys get the bowl games and all that, yes, I think that they could devise trust. Trust for players, whether you're the first string or 50th string, you get a percentage that is agreed upon by somebody, a percentage of that thing. So by the end of your four years or whatever, you've got this money in the bank. I think the only thing that you have to determine is do you have to graduate to get it or as soon as you leave to go to the pro whatever,
3: you get it then. You've
0: got to get a lifelong scholarship, period.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I think if you participate, there should be a, a point at which if you've participated in uh, intercollegiate sports on a team uh, that you should be guaranteed a lifelong scholarship um there are uh, too many uh, young women and men who uh, who spent a long time uh, on a, in a program didn't uh, and and used all their eligibility but didn't get a degree and uh, when their eligibility expired uh, they were not they were told they had to pay right. their way right. to complete the education right. Right. I think if you uh, I, I, first of all, I think at certain levels, it can be worked out. We've managed to work out pay routines and schedules for every job in America. Right. And uh, as someone who represented uh, the uh, 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 citizens of the state of Connecticut when I was assistant attorney general, uh, making certain that people, everyone got paid pursuant to the Connecticut law uh, for the hours that they worked, we've been able to work out pay schedules for every job in America. Right. I think we can figure out a way to pay for uh, 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 the, uh, these young people to be paid if they perform a certain amount of uh, time at a certain level in college sports. Uh, uh, I, I can speak for one case that I know specifically of a well-known athlete, retired now, who left early to make his fortune in pro sports? Who left primarily because he got tired of being the top player on his college team and seeing his coach uh, making millions of dollars a year? Right, his white it was coach. Was incentive probably. to him ret- to uh, to leave early and go to uh, play pro sports. And as long as these coaches are making the money that they make off of the labor and sweat of these kids, I think, like Jamal said, number one, they should be guaranteed an education after participating in a certain number of games for life, number one. And number two, depending on their um, uh, level of participation and what role they have, they should be uh, compensated for it. But interestingly enough, going back to uh, Coach Thompson, Mm. he has a chapter in his book where he says the players should be paid. But but he interestingly says, what happens if a guy doesn't work out and uh, does not continue to mm. be an asset to the team? He said, do I have the opportunity now to fire him? <laughs> <Right>. You know, <laughs> right. only like Big John would do. <laughs> always bring up the, the, the complex side of it.
1: Right, And they do <laughs> fire him, but they don't call it
3: fire They just call it running him off. <laughs> right, 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 right. Bye-bye right.
0: Right. Right. Uh, um, to uh, your scholarship. Uh, yeah, I Thank do
3: you. think – yeah, I think those things can be worked out. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you in the couple minutes we have
1: left. Um, you know, we, we've been looking back a lot. Um, you know, let's look forward. You know, what would each of you like to see um, uh, in 2021? I mean, like, I agree with you, Jamal. Like, there's no magic wand. And just because we're in 2021, all of a sudden, this is like a bad dream and you wake up. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the best thing about it is that uh, this clown won't be in the White House. Much longer, I said, don't let's let's walk him out. Right. Don't say which way is why. Oh, is that one No, Walk his ass out.
0: Oh, you're gonna need you
1: know? to. Yeah, show him the exit, and then walk him all the way to the <laughs> gate, and then walk him beyond that, just to make sure, and then lock it. <laughs> you know, don't don't show him the directions. Walk him all the
0: blindfolded way
1: out. Yeah, we're right. blindfolded, so you can't. Well, but but what would you guys like to see? Uh, uh start with you Glenn, what would each of you like to
3: see in 20, uh, 2021? I, I'll tell you what uh, hit me uh, during the uh, uh, late summer and fall uh, was the um, extreme and I say this in the most positive manner, extreme activism of the players in the NBA and the NFL, as far as um, encouraging people to vote, vote, vote. Yeah, and I think yeah. we all knew what that meant when yeah, they yeah. said vote. <laughs> right. and, 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 right. and then also getting these buildings open for um, uh, uh, people registering to vote. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I was, in a positive way, stunned by the actions of these kids. And, and so um, uh, uh, it, it really, uh made me feel good to see the the activism the energy these kids um uh really uh uh, putting their careers on the line in some cases uh to uh to uh push promote encourage uh cajole uh people to vote and when these kids were these these pro athletes were doing this That hit home, I'm sure, with a lot of people who were not planning on voting or weren't giving it any thought. So I look forward in the coming months and years for these kids to stay active. One last thing, um, Kyrie Irving catches a lot of hell for being uh, a bit unique, if you will. But I can say uh, uh, that I remember reading where he paid Renee Montgomery's salary so that she would uh, be able to um, uh, take part in social activism um, uh, and uh, not have to play uh, this past season for the WNBA. So that's what I look forward to, is this very reasonable uh, activism um, uh, by these young people. Uh, uh, I was really thrilled by that. Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
2: What about you, Steve? Yeah, you know, I have to piggyback on that point, too. I I, I think now that uh, athletes, and particularly black and minority athletes, understand the power that they have, they need to translate it translate that into more action. And I mean that at, at the college level and the pro level. Uh, the college students now understand, I think, a little better how the system works. Uh, I'd like to see them uh more active I mean I'm thinking of the, the instance you know during the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and all of that and and how uh, uh I think more than a few college coaches had their come to Jesus moment um but they need to seize on that and take it to the next level uh and make demands to have more rights on their campuses to have more representation to have more say in in the matters of, of their their future and those of their fellow students uh, and the community in which they are going to school also. Um, but also to the professional athletes, i like to see them, uh, and I've been saying this for years, pick up where, you know, you had the consortium of, of, of Jim Brown and, and, you know, that famous meeting, you know, with right, Kareem. Right. And, to, and I know a lot of them have been doing that, uh, but to invest in the community, because it all comes down to one thing. No matter who the president is, and no matter right. what, which party has the majority in which house of Congress or the Senate? We cannot depend on that, right. you know, in terms of finding the answers for our communities. So those that have the resources, and particularly the uh, athletes and entertainers, but you know the those who have the the money, put that together, you know, and and invest in the community. Um, and, and we know that there have been many examples of that. You know, LeBron James and many others so but we need that to happen on a bigger scale and so we need to pick up this momentum of what we've come through in 2020 with with this uh woke period this this wokeness and it's got to translate into some things of substance
0: right yeah think, i mean i I'm, I'm gonna piggyback off off of it also I, I just you know what was started in 2020 uh with the athlete activism I, it just needs to continue um, you know, they, they can't let up, um, you, they were able to make some ground. It wasn't easy. Remember they, all the stuff, all that effort they put into it. And we barely got Trump out of office. Okay. Yeah. So, and they and remember what happened with Obama, um, when we, got, when we got Obama in office for eight years and as soon as he left, what happened that next year, uh, participation fell off, people got comfortable and, and it resulted in Trump. So, I think you have to guard against that forever. I mean, you know,
3: it's
0: it's hard work forever. And like Bill, you always say, pass the baton. You know, you got to pass the baton and you got to run even harder than the last person was running. So we got to continue that. Um, And and for the college athletes, you know, I I don't, you know, they didn't really, we haven't really seen that on the college level yet. We haven't seen them mobilize to to the extent I would want, I would like to see at this point when, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, you know they're being thrown into the fire in this in this COVID situation worse than anybody. There was an article I think a couple of days ago that that said Ohio State, just Ohio State, thirty uh, percent of their of the athletes that that had that uh tested positive for COVID, which was a bunch of Ohio State athletes over the summer and during the year, thirty percent of those guys now have myocarditis. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Um, so I mean, thirty percent. I mean, that's a lot, and, and if it's like that Ohio State, it's like that everyone, we saw Keontae Johnson collapse on the court mm-hmm. for at Florida. So, you know, college athletes really, you know, a lot has to be done there. And I think, you know, they'll, I think the actions of the professional athletes will filter down. So I think that's a good thing, but we just, it, it needs to continue.
1: And I guess I, I you know, um, everything you guys said, I, obviously I second, because we're talking about power and control, you know, Just focus on power and control and numbers. You know, when the Milwaukee Bucks said, We ain't playing, I think it was an epiphany for a lot of people. The networks, everybody said, Shit, these guys ain't playing. (laughs) Ain't no show. Mm -hmm. Ain't no show. You know, they realized, and I think if 15 guys realized, man, if we don't play, ain't no show. You know, it was the Dallas Cowboys, the Clemson Tigers, or whatever. They said, You know what, man? If we don't play, there ain't no show. Mm -hmm. But then you have to say, Okay, then what? Okay, what's the plan after that? And I think that's, you know, like, like, I forget who said it, but you know, the struggle never ends. You know, whether it's like, you know, you find yourself in Jamestown in, in 1609, and it's okay, what's the, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. You know, 1709, what's the plan? You know, every single century, our thing as a group of black folks have been looking for what's the plan? How do we continue to push forward? But the beauty is that we've always pushed forward. Even when you, on paper, we had no reason. You know, on paper, we could have, been, at any given thing, you know, remember, imagine what it'd be. Like, we complain about the clown in the White House, but remember, for well, our grandfather, great-great-grandfather, they always had a clown like that in the White House. Mm-hmm. At some, with no shock. We know, but for some reason, there was this, I don't know if you call it optimism, or faith, or inherent sense of mission, Whatever it was, it's, whether it's passing the choice, we just kept on going forward. And and I think that's what we have to do. It's like, any, it's like an existential race that ain't never over. Mm-hmm. We just keep going, it's never over, you know? And uh, that's why I'm looking for in, in our industry. You know, the last thing I'd say too, and this goes to Steve, man, I, I'd love to see the music come back. Mm-hmm. You know, before we got on air, I think that one of the greatest threats to, our like a quote unquote our, our, what we call democracy is the arts, you know, and the music and the creativity. And when you can shut that down, man, you really take a chunk out of who we are. That's right, you know. And uh, and I was thinking that's what I what I really miss, man, going to Dizzys or smoke or uh, or hear the concert and just going to hear some music,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, or it's other people the same thing. They want to hear some. Look at some dance, some theater, you know. And it seems like prior to March, it was just bursting, man. And uh, I really want to see that come back in addition to everything else. But uh, I agree, man. That, 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 you know, every, I think, I think as you, Steve, who said that as quote unquote bad as 2020, everything is learning. Everything is a is an epiphany, a learning thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no negative I mean it is negative but it's not negative. Right. So that's what I'd like to see. And I like to, I'm looking forward to seeing us four uh shortly in the new year getting back on the air and uh you know like continue to grind forward. It's been it's been great being with you guys for twenty twenty. You know, I mean that's really been the source of joy when all this other stuff we get together and <laughs> Just like laugh at this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Zoom did well in twenty twenty.
2: Yes.
1: Right. Yeah, no Zoom. Yeah, I know. We should. That's what we should invest in. Once, <laughs> once again,
2: <laughs> missed the boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah oh, we, we didn't have the inside four one one, but yeah, no, yeah, I know yeah, somebody.
0: Yeah. I mean, A couple senators amazing. did, but you know, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> right.
1: It's like, man. You know, it's like why we always. You got to get up early in the morning, man, because it's like. Out of all this misery, a lot of these white cats, man, maybe some brothers, white white will emerge richer than ever, with untold, untold fortune. Yeah. yeah. You know? So may that be us in 2021, where we, where we got to get a peek at like the inside, you know, like like the Marshawn Lunch insight on why, why,
0: he didn't get the ball.
1: Why he didn't get the ball? Yeah. Anyway, hey, man, happy, happy New Year to
2: everybody.
3: Happy Uh, New Year. Same to you, everybody, Jamal,
2: Steve. Indeed. Thank you. Everyone. Thank you, guys. All right. To all our millions of
1: viewers, thanks again for, uh, you know, sticking with us in 2020 and uh, looking for more and better 2021. Uh, God bless, everybody. See you in 2021.